0: want to welcome everybody here this morning. If you'll go ahead and find your way to any given seat, uh, we will begin our time together. I uh, want to start with uh, the reminder uh, that we have these cards on the seat back in front of you. Uh, one side for that says attending for our members and one side on the back for our visitors. Uh, this is especially important this week, whether you do it on the card or through our app, because this Wednesday night is our family table night. Uh, which is our our breakfast for dinner night, and if you haven't come, I would just say that whatever you think you would normally eat for breakfast, add 18 things to that. Uh, It is is incredibly good, Uh, and we have it once a month over in the Family Life Center, so uh, if you're going to come join us for that, and we would definitely encourage you to do that, mark that on your card or check in on the app, uh, West Irwin Church of Christ in both the Android and the Apple App Store, and you can let us know that way. I just want to share a couple of announcements on this Easter morning with you. Uh, number one is just something of, uh, of a joyful praise. Uh, in the past couple weeks, and as recently as last night, we've had some folks associated with this church family who have made the decision to give their lives to Jesus Christ and put him on in baptism and one of those uh, people is with us here this morning. A couple of uh, weeks ago on Wednesday night, uh, Donnie Carnathan had the, the blessing of being able to baptize one of our, our folks that joins us over in the Benevolent Center, his name, uh, Paul Rodriguez. So, Paul, if you would stand just so that our church can see where you are and acknowledge you and um, praise God for that decision that you made. And then you'll notice about... Forty of our normal people that would be with us on any given Sunday morning are in uh, Dallas, and they are getting real close to wrapping up their morning worship service for the North Texas Leadership Training for Christ conference. And uh, I was there with them till late, late last night. And late, late last night, uh, one of our our uh, family members made that decision as well. Uh, Jolie Alvey decided that she wanted to be baptized last night. And so the thought was, well, we'll go down to the swimming pool at the Anatole and she can do that there. But they were having electrical issues, and so wasn't able to happen. And so about eleven PM, they figured out a way to squeeze her into a bathtub. And with the whole group in the other room watching via FaceTime, because it was a very small bathroom, uh Jolie was baptized into the family of God last night. And so when you see the Alves, when you see her, uh, welcome her into this beginning. That's what baptism is. It's a beginning. Not the, not the end, not the final goal, but the beginning of a relationship with Jesus. And so we are grateful and honored to be a part of that in the lives of the, these new believers. Um, just as a reminder, for the last couple of weeks, we have been accepting Uh, comments and responses on some of the names that were put before you as a church congregation for new elders and deacons. You can find those names in the bulletin and today is the last day to submit any comments to any of our elders. You'll see that as far as an even an email address you can send those to Uh, and then next week uh, based on all the feedback and responses we've had from those we will have a charge and a blessing over uh, those new elders and deacons that we are adding to our number here. And so we want to uh, just encourage you to be aware of that. Also, we have an extensive prayer and care list on the back of our bulletin that you'll see, and we would encourage you to be praying for those, as well as adding one to that that just happened moments ago. Uh, An ambulance was called for Roy Fraley. And so we're not exactly aware of what all is going on there, but we want to uh, definitely be lifting him up in prayer actually in this moment. So if you would, as we begin our time together, join me in a word of prayer. Father God, we are are grateful on this Easter morning, on this resurrection Sunday that people all over the world are acknowledging the fulfillment of prophecy. That hope that we have because Jesus is exactly who he professed to be. That so many pieces of Old Testament scripture came to life in that moment so many thousands of years ago when the stone was rolled back when the angel affirmed to those women that he is no longer here, that he has risen. We remember that day so often, each and every Sunday as we share the Lord's Supper together. But God, we are are grateful as believers that so many people are joining us in that today. And so we lift your name on high. We are grateful and thankful and humbled that for people even as broken as us, that that life was given freely. And so, God, we pray that I pray that we would take that boldly into the week ahead, that hope that we do have through the resurrection, through the life that Jesus continued to live and now shares with us through the gift of His Holy Spirit. We are grateful that you continue to speak to us and affirm the scriptures for us and, and lead our lives and direct our thoughts and our paths if we allow you to. God, this morning we also want to lift up a special prayer for Roy. God, that the, the doctors who are, are looking over him would care for him, that he would feel the presence and the prayers of his church family here, and God, that he would be back with us soon. God, we are grateful for the gift of that church family who lifts us up when we are down, who stands beside us when we have our victories, and who is there for us in all the areas in between. God please be with us this morning and hear our our praise that we give to you our worship that is lifted up in your name on your behalf because of how wonderful and powerful you are and it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.
1: If you would please be standing. Holy Lord, holy, Lord, holy, Lord, Lord, holy Lord, Lord,
2: Good morning. I want to greet everybody. Glad to have you here. Our members, our visitors, those who are joining us online uh, for Easter Sunday. Uh, what a great day. Um, I just want to put, remind you all of the names of the men that have been put forth for elders and deacons. We pray for them. We admire their willingness to serve and their wanting to serve. Uh, for elders, it's Matt Halls and John Shaw. For Deacons, Tim Holt Sr., Jock Delivade, Kelly Ross, Cameron Williams, and Stephen Freeman. Please, uh, as uh, Eric mentioned earlier, please turn in your comment cards if you feel the need to. So, this again is Easter Sunday, the culmination of Holy Week. Now, when I was a kid, we always looked forward to the Easter egg hunt. I never understood the hard boiled eggs um, that were dyed. Tried it one time, once was enough. Um, But, you know, you get older and you realize the significance of this. It's the culmination of Holy Week. In 2014, Leanne and I had the uh, good fortune to go with a group to the Holy Lands. And to read about those places and to be in those places are two different things. One day we, we started on the top of the Mount of Olives. It was much colder than I expected. And we walked down to the Garden of Gethsemane. And we looked across to the ancient wall, of the old city of Jerusalem, surrounded Jerusalem, and saw the golden gate. And we saw where Jesus was brought before Pilate, and we saw where Jesus was flogged. And we went to the church of the Holy Sepulcher, which is built over the site of Golgotha. And you go into that church, and you see Golgotha, and you can walk up it. And there is a cleft in the rock there, which... Had to be the inspiration for that great hymnal written by Fanny Crosby, a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. We saw where they prepared Jesus' body for burial. It's all right there. We saw the tomb where he was buried and from which he arose. Which brings me to this: Jesus' death and resurrection is the greatest gift that we could have ever been given. The promise of eternal life, the promise of God's grace the promise that God is always with us even when we find ourselves in times of trial and tribulation. The greatest gift ever given. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come and worship you, especially on Easter Sunday, together in this place to communion with you and with each other, to sing songs and to pray and to take part of communion, the freedom to worship you, to learn about your word, And Father, we're thankful for knowing that when we meet together, that you are present, and when you are present, there is power. And Father, we are thankful for everyone that is here, our members, our visitors, and those that are online. Those, we pray for those who are traveling, who have gone to visit family. We pray especially for the youth at LTC and those that are with them as they return. And Father, we pray for this church. We pray for the staff, for the elders, for the deacons, the teachers, the volunteers. The growth of this church and Father, there are those on that on our prayer list, but then there are those who are not. But Father, we pray especially for those men who have expressed a desire to serve as an elder or a deacon. And Father, we pray for Paul Rodriguez and his his commitment to join you in baptism, and Jolie Alvey for her for the same commitment that she made as well. And Father, we pray for Roy Fraley. We don't know what's going on with him, but we pray that you'll be with him in the hospital and the physicians who are attending to him. Pray for Jeff Ingram and Kenneth Muncie. And Father, we pray for Riley Martinez, Tracy Bailey, the daughter of Glenn and Fran Starnes, who's recovering from surgery, uh, Stan Clark's cousin's wife, Sue Simmons, Ruby Cliver, Jim Gibson, Clinton Culpepper. We pray for Jill and Garrett Smith and Jill's family and the loss of her mother. And Father, we pray especially for uh, the friends of Amy and Brian Tindall. Bill and Joyce Allen's daughter and the horrible accident that their friends suffered in Memphis in the loss of a child and the devastation that they will have to deal with and and will be dealing with but we pray especially for them Father we pray that in all these situations that, that you will send your Holy Spirit to those who need comfort and protection and Father we pray that we are always mindful to turn to you to trust you to believe in you to turn our burdens over to you to have the confidence that you will take care of us. And Father, we pray for our elected leaders. It just seems like every time you turn on the news, there's more and more strife and division and unrest in the world. And Father, I believe that this is Satan that is at work trying to divide us. But we pray that we will be strong and steadfast in the battle between good and evil. And to be mindful of those words in in John 14, that say, "Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid." Father, we pray for though we, we have all sinned and we fall short, but we are here to help and encourage each other. And Father, we pray with uh, pray for Bill as he leads us in our sermon today. And Father, as we close this prayer, let us always be mindful that you always love us, that you will never forsake us, and that you will always do what's best for us. In your Son's name, we pray.
1: Prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. We're going to be singing as the Dear thirst. As we sing this song, I hope that you can focus on Christ and the sacrifice that he made for us, for each of us, and for those around the world as well, not just those of us sitting right here. We think about all that there is, all that we've been given, and he gave the ultimate sacrifice for us. As the
3: deep, there's one more.
4: Good morning. I'd like to read two verses of scripture and then make just a few comments. 1 Corinthians fifteen three and 4. Paul says this, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. You know, Paul reminded the Corinthians as he wrote those words that he had preached the absolute bedrock of Christianity, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. You know that same message is preached weekly right here in this auditorium from this pulpit and in every classroom that we have on our campus, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, the DBR. This is Easter Sunday, millions of Christians and those I'm talking about her under the broad umbrella of Christianity. Celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, the Messiah. Sadly, there are millions in this world who acknowledge that Jesus lived. He was a man. He was a good man. He was a prophet, but he was not the Messiah the messiah that was spoken of in scripture and although jesus fulfilled every prophecy that was made of him in the old covenant even after that and even after all of his miracles he was rejected we will never fully understand why those people in the first century rejected him but the fact is they rejected him He is still rejected today by millions of people. But this morning, we, as we do every first day of the week, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. We do it by what we refer to as the Lord's Supper. We remember his death, his burial, and his resurrection. One last point I want to make. Paul continued his thoughts in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and he said this. But if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is vain, and yours and my faith is also in vain. So let's pray. Father, we are so thankful to you to give us this health and well-being that we can assemble on this Easter Sunday, the first day of the week, to worship you. And Father, at this point in our worship, we come around this table to partake of this unleavened bread and this grape juice remembering your son Jesus Christ and father as we now partake of the bread first of all we remember him as he lived on this earth all the wonderful things that he did the way he treated people his kindness his goodness his love his compassion the miracles that he performed He came to this earth to do good. He walked on this earth doing good things, and yet he was killed. He was crucified. But right now, as Christian men and women who are believers, we focus our attention on Jesus Christ and his body and how it was broken for us. Father, there is no way we can ever adequately thank you for what he did for us. But as we partake of this little emblem of unleavened bread, we remember him and thank you for that sacrifice. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
5: As the deer, <clears throat>
4: continue in prayer Lord now as we remembered your son's body crucified on our behalf we also think of his shed blood and father again it's difficult to fully understand that wonderful sacrifice but we know there is power in that blood and it is through the shedding of Jesus' blood that we have salvation in him. So now, Father, we take this small amount of grape juice, which represents the blood that was shed. We thank you for that. We hope we can live our lives praising you for that sacrifice. And, Father, we just thank you so much for everything that you do for us. So we take it now, remembering his blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
5: Let me be a servant, make me cry.
4: read this passage of scripture, I've always enjoyed this. When we get to this part of our worship, uh, returning a portion of what the Lord has entrusted in us is as much a part of worship as singing, praying, listening to the scripture, being read, partaking of the Lord's Supper. Let me read this. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. Let's pray. Lord, we are indeed a a blessed nation. We're a blessed people. We're a blessed congregation here at West Irwin. And Father, we're thankful for our abilities to earn and make a living. And Father, we want to realize at this point that returning a portion of what you have entrusted to us is a wonderful opportunity and we thank you for this opportunity to give. We may give of our time and our talents, but as that poor widow did, She didn't have much, but she gave, and that's a lesson for us, a lesson for all of us to do what we can to help the work go forward from West Irwin. We have so many great works that we try to accomplish, and we ask your blessing on all of those efforts. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to give. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
3: Let's
6: sing Blue Skies and Rainbows while our kids come up for Kids Time today. Blue skies and
3: rainbows and sunbeams from heaven are what I can see. When my Lord is living in me, I know that Jesus is well and alive today.
0: He makes
3: his home in my heart. Nevermore will I be all alone since he promised me that we I'll make me aware of the one who made it all. I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. Never more will I be all alone since he promised me that we never would part. What is today?
6: Who knows? It's Sunday and it's a special Sunday because it's what? Easter. That's right. Did you get a present this morning? Did some of you get a present? Some candy or something? You you didn't get anything. Some of you did, some of you didn't. You got a present? Well, that's good. Well, let me just You did. You did. What was your present? Okay, we're confusing Easter, birthday, and Christmas. But the one thing they all have in common is presents, right? Now, Mr. Bill wants you to know I'm very concerned for your safety. So if any of you got Baby Ruth bars, I want you to know that I'd be more than willing to take a bite or two out of one or two of them just to make sure they're okay. Because Mr. Bill is very concerned for all of you, okay? Now, one of the things about Easter is not just some presents sometimes. Some of you looks like you have on some nice new clothes or some of your best clothes, Uh, That's a wonderful thing as well. But you know, Easter, there are people all around the world... ...that are taking a few minutes today to remember Jesus. Now, why would they do that on Easter Sunday? What do we think about? What do we think about? That's right. When Jesus was crucified... And just like with everyone else, when someone dies, they bury you. And they bury Jesus in a tomb. But did he stay there? No, no he didn't. He, he was raised from the dead. And so the third day they went and they looked for the body of Jesus. And they couldn't find it anywhere. And there were some angels there. And they said to the women that had come there to try to take care of Jesus' body... They said, he's not here, he has risen just like he said he would. And you know, that was almost 2,000 years ago, and they've never found the body of Jesus. You know why? Because he is alive. He is very much alive, and he's not in that tomb, and he's now with the Father in heaven. And you know what else? One day, he's going to come back for us. And we're going to get to live with him forever. Isn't that really good news? That is really good news. And the reason for that is because Jesus is well and alive today. And that song goes on and it says, He makes his home where? In my heart. He makes his home in my heart. So never more will I be all alone. Never more. Because Jesus is alive And he makes his home in my heart. And so I'll never be alone. Nevermore will I be all alone since he promised me that we never would part. Isn't that good news? That is great news. Who wants to live with Jesus forever? Me too. Me too. Well, let's go back to our seats or to blast and we'll sing that
3: chorus one more time. I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. Never more will I be all alone since he promised me that we never would part.
1: If that doesn't warm your heart. Before we sing this next song, before I have you stand, I just want to, there's something that I like to do, and that's actually have you listen to the words real quick, if you don't mind. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Taking my sin, my cross, my shame rising again I bless your name you are my all in all when I fall down you pick me up when I am dry you fill my cup you are my all in all let's be standing you are my strength when, when I am weak you are the treasure that I see. you are my all
6: thee is your name, O resurrected Lord. Indeed. Indeed. Our hearts continue in prayer for Roy Fraley who was taken by EMS earlier during our Bible class time. We want to uh, continue to remember him. We'll update everyone as soon as we know uh, something more. So we ask everyone here, all of you online, uh, to continue to be prayerful for Roy and for those close to him, many of whom are in this room, and also uh, for others that we've mentioned today who are on our prayer list. I appreciate Grant uh, and his shepherd's prayer time. I also appreciate uh, Stan Clark for stepping in during our Lord's Supper time. That was not the original plan, nothing to say about how Stan does that. He did a great, great job as always. Uh, but initially, Joyce and I, I'd ask our son-in-law, Brian Tyndall from Maryland to... Uh, share at the Lord's Supper. And uh, uh, Brian and Amy had recently been to the Holy Land. Grant mentioned that during his shepherd's prayer time, that what an impact that made on him. And I know it made an impact on Brian and Amy. And so I had asked him uh, to lead our communion today because we knew they were going to be in town as our our other daughter, Amanda and Paul, her husband, and Isaac, our wonderful grandson. And they're all uh, they were all going to be here. But as you know, because of the accident that took place with their closest friends in Memphis when they were on their way to Texas uh, to meet up with Amy and Brian here. Um, uh, Brian and Amy have been in Memphis uh, this whole time for about a week and a half. We're hoping that they can go home uh, either tomorrow or Tuesday. Uh, that family continues in need of prayers and the loss of uh, Quinn, one of their 13-year-old girls, 13 or 14 And Cole is the only one, as far as we know, that is still in the hospital, and he's uh, having some setbacks because of a collapsed lung. They are all still in Memphis, and so we appreciate everyone's prayers uh, for them and for us. Uh, Thank you for that and for that wonderful prayer today, Grant. Um, It is great to to be able to share in the joy of the Alvey family and the whole Taylor clan. There's a bunch of them, and we love them all, and... and, um, Uh, Jolie was baptized last night in a bathtub at LTC and that is uh, I saw a few pictures of that and it is uh, just an amazing wonderful thing. She is a wonderful wonderful young woman and uh, so much faith in that family. So many wonderful examples of faith and so many examples of faith in this church family that have had an impact uh, on Jolie and on all of those young people that are there. If you can uh, listen in to uh, a, a post that Marla Canifax had on Facebook that I shared some of you have shared of uh, a lot of the leadership training for Christ kids singing in the hotel lobby. I believe the song was sanctuary, and that is a uh, boy that was i 'm sure that was an incredible moment for everyone that was there, but just being able to watch it and and realize that 's what they were doing that is uh, an amazing thing as well. Continue to remember. Are those who are there in Dallas at LTC, they're having a worship there this morning, and then they will be on their way on the highway back here. So be prayerful and concerning uh, concern for them. Also, of course, uh, be here this coming Sunday and continue to pray for our church family, for all of our current elders and deacons and those who will be appointed this coming Sunday. Uh, what a blessing that service will be. And what a great future God has for this church. Uh, and He's providing us leadership to be able to Uh, Help us to be faithful during all of the wonderful challenges and opportunities that he has uh, for us here as a part of the West Erwin Church of Christ. We appreciate everyone's prayers and participation online, all that are here, uh, all that are traveling, and uh, all that are a part of this church family. Uh, It is such a great thing. It is Easter Sunday And though we uh, don't have any call in Scripture to say one time a year, we want you to celebrate the resurrection of Christ in a very special way, nothing unbiblical about doing that, because we're being faithful to what is concerning Scripture. And that is that we celebrate the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the DBR, (laughs) the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus every single Sunday, every single Lord's Day. Because there was a Sunday almost 2,000 years ago when... Um, that tomb was found empty and they went early in the morning those faithful godly women were the first to be there were the first to see the resurrected lord to interact with him to take the message back to the apostles he is risen he is risen just like he said and now he's calling for you uh such a great and amazing incredible uh story and so it's right for us to remember that in a special way um today uh There are three instances in the Gospels where Jesus himself raised someone from the dead. Do you remember who they are? Today starts a new series. It's just going to be this month. It's going to take a break next Sunday as we appoint these wonderful men to be servant leaders of our church. But today and then in two weeks in the last Sunday of the month, we're going to be talking about resurrections. And specifically the resurrections that Jesus did in the Gospels. And in the Gospels, there's really only three accounts of someone that Jesus raised from the dead. Perhaps you remember them. Uh, One is the son of a widow from the town of Nain. Uh, She was a widow. She had no husband. This was her only child, her only son. And so Jesus stopped the funeral procession, put his hands on the casket, making himself ceremonially unclean, and raised that young man from the dead and presented him back uh, to his grieving mother what a great moment another of those instances was a synagogue ruler by the name of Jairus Uh, Jairus and his wife had lost their daughter Uh, she was sick he sent word to Jesus for him to come Jesus waited along and had some ministry to do along the way and then they got the news that she had died and Jesus said don't worry just believe and said we're we're still going And they kept going and they got to his house. And even though everyone there was grieving because she had died, Jesus took uh, his parents up to her room and Peter, James, and John and raised that young girl uh, from the dead. The last one is probably the one that you remember most of all. Uh, And uh, that is from John 11. And that's the wonderful story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, all very close friends of Jesus as the Gospels indicate. And when Jesus got the word that Lazarus had died, he waited four days. And then they went, and he had been in the tomb. And Jesus announced to Martha and to all, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he raised Lazarus from the dead. So I'm excited about this new new series. I'm excited about getting into those stories Uh, It's starting in a couple of weeks for two Sundays, but we begin this series with what could be the fourth person Jesus raised from the dead, and the very most significant one. In fact, this would be number one, and it's the Lord Jesus himself, but more on that in a few moments. Jesus Christ was declared to be the Son of God and Lord of all with power by His resurrection from the dead. We discussed for a little bit in our Bible class this morning, and Stan alluded to that as we gathered around the table today, to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, that uh, with the, the whole gospel of Christ, the church, Christianity itself, stands or falls on the basis of the truth and veracity of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just as Paul shares, as, uh, as Stan mentioned in, Luke, in 1 Corinthians 15, if Jesus has not been raised, what are we doing here? Y'all can watch something else on TV if, we, if Jesus was not raised. We can go do something else or get started early on Easter lunch, whatever that might be. If Jesus has not been raised, there is no use at all for us to be here because this is vain. It's all a waste of time. But we believe that Jesus did rise from the dead. And Paul accounts that in 1 Corinthians 15. And he gives account after account of those who saw him. They saw him dead. And then they saw him very much alive. And that includes all 11 of those surviving apostles. That includes Matthias who would be added to replace Judas Iscariot. That includes Paul the apostle who saw Jesus years later face-to-face in the middle of being uh, the lead prime man persecuting the church and then becoming the leader of the missionary efforts and the spread of the gospel. It was an amazing thing. And we read those stories in the four gospels at the end about the resurrection of Christ and all of those wonderful stories. Uh, that are there, beginning with the women who go to the tomb, and thinking, they're wondering, wh- who's going to roll that stone away? That stone is too, too big for us to roll away. But it was already rolled away, and the angel was there announcing that Jesus was not here, He has been raised, just like He said. They made this uh, lame story that the apostles, the disciples came, and they stole the body away. These disciples that all fled for their lives when Jesus was arrested, And yet they came and overpowered an extra Roman guard that the Jews had made sure Pilate put there, according to Matthew 27, to make sure that this story didn't go any further. This man claimed he would be raised from the dead on the third day. Let's make sure that somebody doesn't come and steal the body away and claim that that he was. Everything about this story points to the veracity of the resurrection of Jesus Christ the changed lives of the disciples, the willingness to put their lives on the line and even give their lives for the sake of this story. And there's only one thing that could change them, and that is seeing Jesus alive after they had seen Him dead. There was no turning back, and they refused to turn back. And that is why this story, this day, this celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so vital. And is a core part of that core doctrine of the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why is that important at all? Well, it's important because you and I can't save ourselves. You and I, in our frustration, in our weakness and in our sin, need a savior. We're sheep who need a shepherd. I found a a short 30 second or so video that really illustrates very well our plight, and this is what it is. see themselves in that video? We all do. We all do. I love the comments that accompany this video. The story of my life, someone said. Someone else put this and I appreciate this one a lot. Logging off Twitter for the day then going back on. <laughs> yes. Someone wrote me fixing my parents computer. <laughs> Isaac, that means you fixing your grandparents' computer, just in case you were wondering about that. Uh, Someone wrote, me and Jesus on a regular basis. And then someone else said, that's why Jesus called us sheep. Isaiah said, centuries before Jesus was born, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And so this morning, very briefly, I want us to look at John chapter 10 and say this. Jesus is the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. One of the unique things about this account of the resurrection of Jesus before he was even killed is Jesus claims not only that he will die for the sheep as the good shepherd, he claims not only that he will be raised from the dead, but he claims that he will do it. John chapter 10 Very truly I tell you Pharisees anyone who does, <clears throat> anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out When he has brought out all the sheep When he has brought out his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Verse 7, therefore Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says again in verse 14. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. This command I received from my Father. Like much of John's teaching, it's an astounding lesson. It's an astounding lesson that this is what Jesus came for. This is what he has the power to do. This is what he has the heart to do. To lay his life down for the sheep and to take it up again. So a few things, a few statements about this passage. Number one, the good shepherd is not a thief. He says that several times. The good shepherd is not a thief, and that puts him in a different role than a thief. A thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy, Jesus says. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Have that abundant life. The good shepherd brings that. The thief doesn't, but the good shepherd can and does. Number two, the good shepherd is not a hired hand. Jesus says a hired hand, when push comes to shove, they'll walk or run. (laughs) They don't want to put their lives on on the line for somebody else's sheep. Jesus says, these are my sheep. I'm the good shepherd. And when the wolf comes, then I'm going to be there. And we think of David in Psalm 23, that great shepherd psalm, saying, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. That good shepherd is with me, David says, and his rod and his staff comfort and protect me. Number three, the good shepherd knows the sheep. The good shepherd knows the sheep. Jesus says, they they know me, they know my voice, and they'll follow me. I shared a story a few years ago and was reminded of it again this week of a, of a tour guide who was talking to a group of tourists, and he says, you know, in the West, shepherds lead their sheep from the back and prod them along, but in the East, a shepherd leads his sheep from the front because they know his voice, and he calls out to them, and they follow him. Wherever that voice is going, that's where they're going. And so they came upon, this tourist group came upon a a group of of sheep and a man who was leading them, but he was leading them from the back and just kind of prodding them along. And the people asked the tour guide, what's up with that? And and the tour guide said, well, I got to find out. And so he goes and he asked that man, what are you doing? I, I thought shepherds were supposed to lead from the front with their voice. And he said, well, shepherds do that. But you see, I'm not the shepherd, I'm the butcher, And that's the difference between the Good Shepherd and those who only intend to harm the sheep. The Good Shepherd knows the sheep. Number four, the Good Shepherd is the gate for the sheep. One of those great I am statements Jesus makes a couple times in this passage. I am the gate for the sheep. It's another way of saying what He says in John 14 verse 6. In another great I am statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one what? No one comes to the Father except through me. No one gets to the Father except through the gate. And I am the gate. I am the way. The good shepherd is the gate for the sheep. Number five, the good shepherd dies for the sheep. Jesus says that in verse 11 and in verses 14 and 15. The good shepherd dies for the sheep. And the only reason we're here today is because Jesus was born and he lived and he died on the cross and he was raised from the dead. And the tomb is empty. And our only hope for salvation is in someone else to come and save our lives and Jesus did just that. We're like that sheep that gets pulled out of the ditch and immediately just bounds around a little bit and right back in. That's us. That's me. That's me. And that's why I need a Savior. And that's why you need a Savior. And that's why Jesus is the good shepherd. The cross of Christ is the central event in time and eternity, Oswald Chambers writes, and the answer to all the problems of both. It's the central event of history. He says this, The cross was the place where God and sinful man merged with a tremendous collision, and where the way to life was opened. And then he says this, but all the cost and pain of the collision was absorbed by the heart of God. That's why this is such good news. That's why we call it gospel. Just as Isaiah had said in chapter 53, by his stripes we're healed. He took upon himself the punishment that was due us. The beatings we deserved, he took. The cross that we should have been nailed on. He was nailed on. And yet he was raised from the dead. Jesus paid it all. We're going to sing in just a moment. And then, of course, number six, which makes everything worthwhile the Good Shepherd rises from the dead for the sheep. And I think those words of Jesus in verses 17 and 18 are amazing. And they're just as bold as when Jesus claimed we were talking in our Bible class today about things that stick out from this story. And Matt Hawes, who will be one of the ones appointed as an elder along with John Shaw next Sunday, Matt said, I am, I am, because Jesus claimed to be I am and because he said the one thing that would cause him to be condemned. He confessed himself that he is God, that He is the one who is the Son of God, and it put Him on the cross for our sins. Death abounded in America in 2020 and 2021. I don't need to tell you that. We all know that. We lived it. We experienced it. During those years, 2020 and 2021, when you compare them to the deaths in 2019, there was a 19% rise in deaths. Typically, from year to year, it's 1.63. We're very familiar with death. They were very familiar with death in the Civil War days. Over 600,000 lives were lost during the Civil War years. Christianity Today recently had an article that said this, what impact today's pandemic deaths will have on American culture remains to be seen. During the Civil War response, There was a rise in the importance of family photographs. There was a rapid growth in the the practices of certain kinds of spiritualism to try to communicate with the dead. And there was an increased attention to cemeteries because there were a lot of people buried. They write, one shift because of the pandemic today is notably uh, stated the percentage of people age 40 and older who say that religion is very important in the funeral of a loved one has gone up for the first time in a decade. You may be surprised to know that the majority of Americans don't think that that spiritual aspect is especially essential during a funeral. That seems odd to us because we, that's where our hope is, because of the resurrection. Sarah Jones, an atheist raised in a strict evangelical home, wrote about this experience. her grandfather died she said i could plant a flag for my grandfather but the gesture feels thin i don't know what exactly i would want from a memorial whether it's catharsis or meaning or something else altogether i thought several hundred times this year maybe i should go to church this atheist woman that couldn't find any hope in the death of her loved grandfather said, maybe, maybe I should go to church. And she thinks that because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We hold on to the hope that we have for our loved ones, for ourselves, for our children and grandchildren because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the good news of the gospel is the tomb is empty. The good news of the gospel is they tried and tried and tried to come up with all kinds of stories. But the one thing that they couldn't do that would have stopped it from the start was produce the body, and they never could. They knew exactly where it was buried. They had put a seal of the emperor on there. They had put an extra Roman guard on there. There was no way that that body was going to be moved unless it was by God. And it was by the Son of God Himself. I have the authority and the power and the love to lay it down. And I have the power to raise it back up again. And he did. Two statements as we close. First of all, the good shepherd could not be held by death. That showed his power. He could not be held by death. That showed his power as the good shepherd And it reminds us of why this is all worthwhile. That great chapter in 1 Corinthians 15 ends this way. Your work and your labor in the Lord is not in vain because the tomb is empty. I believe Jesus said everything he said in 1 Corinthians 15 to get to that statement in verse 58. You keep on working and serving for the Lord. Why? Because it's not in vain. Why? Because the tomb is empty. And that's where our hope is. The good shepherd could not be held by death. That showed his power. The good shepherd did not have to die for the sheep. That showed his love. The son of God himself, the creator and sustainer of the universe, is the good shepherd. The good shepherd laid down his life for us, his sheep, because he loved us. And the good shepherd was raised from the dead ...because of the power he had to lay that life down and to raise it up again. He knows we are that sheep that jumps back into the ditch... ...after Jesus has delivered and rescued us. And that's why he came and lived and died. And he came and lived and died and was raised for you. If you need to do what Jolie did, I promise you, you won't have to go into a bathtub... It'll just be something that kind of feels like a bathtub, a very large bathtub. We would love to do that for you today or any day. Jesus paid it all and he paid it all for you. If you need to respond to that act of power and love, come as we stand, sing our song together.
1: I hear the Sing uh, just this first verse of our closing song instead of the first and third. And then after that, we we'll be let go in, uh, in prayer.
5: He, he paid, paid a debt, he did
1: not owe I, all do all day. Day. I
5: not pay.
1: with me thank
5: you for your son thank you for his death thank you for his burial and thank you for his resurrection amen